Hey, you got aloe, bro? Wow. <laughs> I need some. That's like a grease fire. <laughs> bro. Let's focus on the numbers, people. Not the narrative. Hello and welcome to our new episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. We are so excited to have you here on this Friday morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening. Um, Lucas is already dying, so you know it's good. I, I'm CBR certified. You, do you need help? I am too. There we go. Hey. Yeah, let's go. Lucas can save himself. All right. So we have another Friday. Lucas gave us his take on Tuesdays. Tyler, give us your take on Fridays. It's the end of the work week. You're going into the weekend, you know, hang out with friends, hang out with family. Maybe grill out. I mean, it's summertime, baby. Go out and grill out. There you go. Minnesota, we only got three months to grill out, so we got to take advantage of it. (laughs) So today we're going to be jumping right on into the Bucks and the Falcons, the last two teams in the NFC South. The Two teams that we're for sure like excited to talk about, just because the fantasy players on that team could be like be championship winners this year um, for you. Mm-hmm. And so, but before we get into that, we're not gonna forget today. We're gonna give the hot take tie segment in the beginning. So, tie, take it away. There's been a lot of. Uh... A lot of dialogue, a lot of conversation about who's going to be running back one for the Buccaneers. You know, last year, a lot of people thought it was going to be Leonard Fournette because Fournette, Mm -hmm. you know, was cut by Jacksonville and everyone perceived him to be the the better back compared to Ronald Jones. Then Bruce Arians shocked us all by saying that, uh, no, Ronald Jones is still our guy. He's still our running back one. And everyone's like, wait, why? (laughs) Then Ronald Jones gets hurt, and then Fournette takes over in the playoffs, and you go into the offseason thinking, yeah, this is Fournette's backfield. I do not think that. And I will say that Ronald Jones will still be the running back one for the Buccaneers. Doesn't mean that either of them are, like, (laughs) irrelevant. I need to say that. They will both have fantasy production, but I just think in terms of depth charts – you will see Ronald Jones' name as the running back one. There you go. Not so much a fantasy hot take because there's really not much I could do for a hot take. I mean, you know, I could say that Antonio Brown will finish with more touchdowns than Chris Godwin and Mike Evans combined. But oh, my goodness. That's scorching hot, and I don't want to burn you guys. So, Do you actually well, believe that? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> That was Boy, that I, was a hypothetical uh, for right, sure. Right. That for makes sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Talk about the Bucks wide receivers and uh, y'all might need to go get your bathing suits. <laughs> it's gonna be hot out here then. Man. Oh jeez. I need some uh, aloe vera. Get your sunscreen on. <laughs> All right. So we're on. 
We're going to start with the Falcons, who will be fighting for fourth place in this division. Um, they'll be rumbling and tumbling all the way down. Uh, <laughs> Honorable. Matt Ryan is the leader. Quick question for you, Ty. Mm. Do the wheels fall off this year for Matt Ryan? Um, yes and no. <laughs> uh, I think yes, because this will, I think he'll have some sort of coverage with a new coach and a new offense mm-hmm. um, that if he does take a step back, you will want to see another year where he steps back again to confirm it. For sure. I don't think you can make that determination off of just this year. So that's why I say yes and no. That makes sense. Um, sorry. Hold <laughs> <laughs> He's distracted. That was He's totally, distracted. That was totally my bad because I was like, I don't know why I could not think of who was next to talk about. I thought I was missing someone, but it's Mike Davis. And so I was looking through my notes to see if it was, but it is Mike Davis. Um, <laughs> who else is on the I don't know. That's why I was like, I was thinking, I was like running backs, running backs. And I had... You know who I was thinking? It was Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. We were just talking about him, and so for some reason, I like 10 out of 10 times, I would never think that, but for some reason it was in my head that Todd Gurley should have been <laughs> on my list, and he wasn't there. Um, let's do a quick over-under with you, Lucas. Matt Ryan had 4,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, earns an 11 interception last year. Is he over or under 4,500 yards this year? Mm, that's a tough one. I'm going to say under. Under. And it's going to be like 43. All right. Over under twenty six touchdowns. Hmm. I think I'm 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 still gonna say under on that. Under. Twenty four. Alright, alright. <laughs> and then eleven interceptions. Yeah. I don't know if that one really matters. I'm probably gonna say over on that too. Right. I think he's gonna try and push the ball downfield more this year. Alright. Alright. Makes sense. So next we move on to one of their newer acquisitions. Mike Davis. Who I didn't realize was 28 years old. He's old. Yeah. Very been surprising around. to me. He has been around a while. He's I, the new Raheem Mostert. There you go. Who is also 28 years old, in case you were wondering. It's a good comp. Um, Mike Davis last year in 12 starts had 1,000 yards from scrimmage, 8 touchdowns, and 60 receptions. Had a good year. Fellas, what, do you, what, is your, what are your takes on Mike Davis for this year? I was looking through like the... 2020 fantasy numbers for running backs and the fact that Mike Davis finishes running back 12 like <laughs> he only averaged like 13 points a game it was not like a substantial great season for Mike Davis mm. by any means um, I mean it was a brutal season for every other running back right like he only finished two three spots behind Ezekiel Elliott which is crazy um, but yeah like you said Cameron 642 yards on 165 attempts wasn't even four yards of rush he at least had six touchdowns six receptions two receiving touchdowns so um, I mean, that's outliers because he had you know, a full-time gig, actually, in Carolina. Mm-hmm. But um, what those numbers showed me is that he's a well-rounded running back, mm-hmm. which I think is so important for what this Atlanta offense needs. Yeah. Um, they don't just need a ground-and-pound running back. They need a guy who can get it done out of the backfield. Uh, and it's not like Atlanta's resume with running backs is, like, pure garbage. <laughs> they had Devonta Freeman, who was the out-of-nowhere running back one, uh, goodness, how many seasons ago was that? That was a long time Three ago. Three or four, at least. At, no, at least. I was still in high school. So that would be four or five. Four or five, yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow. So I, I know. That was so long ago. <laughs> I know. So I had Devonta Freeman, who they produced as running back one. 
Uh, Todd Gurley was running back six weeks one through nine last season, so that's nothing to slouch at either. Trust me, I was told that multiple times in trade talks. <laughs> We're going to reference our friend Jackson again because he tried to give me Todd Gurley every week. I mean, wheels fell off after the bye. Exactly. But, oh, yeah. but, I mean, still, the Falcons were utilizing Todd Gurley to his strengths, and he was scoring touchdowns, which, hey, I'm never going to complain mm-hmm. about in fantasy. Um, so, I mean, Atlanta's got a decent track record for producing good running backs. Now that they got Arthur Smith there, um, I mean, I think he can make it happen for Mike Davis. I don't think they're going to train him like Derrick Henry at all, but... You don't see 400 touches this year for Mike <laughs> Davis? <laughs> 450 or bust Mike Davis. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, he can make it happen for Mike Davis. I mean, it's still going to be a pass-heavy offense. They're still going to be playing from behind. Calvin Ridley is still the guy you want in that offense. But, look, I, all I'm saying is I took Mike Davis in our mock draft, and I took him as my running back two after taking Christian McCaffrey. That's how good I feel about Mike Davis mm-hmm. uh, being mm-hmm. a top 25 running back this year. Tyler, where do you got him ranked, Mike Davis, right now? Uh, so, currently, I have him at running back 21. All right. Um, and I'm expecting a Miles Gaskin type season. Okay. Um, That's a good Gaskin last year was pretty much just a pass catcher. Okay. I don't think Davis will catch nearly as many passes as Gaskin did, but he'll make up for it in yards and carries and stuff. Right. So that early 20s, late teens yeah. finish, I think that's Mike Davis' range. Moves up mainly because of injury. You're kind yeah. of a guy, you, you know. He's gonna he's gonna be what you would expect for your running back twenties, twenty ish. But he's gonna move up just because other guys are gonna get injured. I mean, that happens yeah. every year. I mean, he, I will envy the person that's able to get Mike Davis as a running back three because, I mean, yeah. you you're set then at least for a couple more rounds in for your drafts sure. if you have those three or if you have him as your third running back. For sure. All right, let's move on to. The guy that I'm for sure most excited about in this Atlanta offense, maybe I'm not going to next year. I'm not going to say it. I almost said the AFC, whole AFC South, but I don't know if I actually believe that because <laughs> uh, Mike David or Mike Thomas might still take the cake for me. But Calvin Ridley, who has become the undoubted wide receiver one after putting up wide receiver one type numbers in Atlanta, I don't I don't mean like wide receiver one all fantasy. I mean wide receiver one on this Atlanta team last season with 143 targets. 90 catches, 1,374 yards, and 9 touchdowns. That's so good. That is un- so good. unbelievably good. And that's with Julio playing games here and there. Right. Um, still averaging 17 fantasy points a game in the games that he did play. So it's not like Julio was never on the field, never doing anything. Um, over his career, he's averaged 0.6 touchdowns a game, which would average out to about 10 touchdowns for 17 games. Let me ask both of you to start. Are you over or under this year on, we'll say, nine and a half touchdowns for Calvin Ridley? Uh, <laughs> That's a tough one for a wide receiver. That is. Because I think, I mean, before I even answer, I think that's the number that's most important for Ridley is how many touchdowns he scored and the consistency he's had there. Yes. It's not like, he, you know, it's not a, who who's another guy? Who's it? Mike Evans, who we'll get to, right? He's had a few double-digit touchdown season, but he's kind of been all over the place yes. with touchdowns. So, Ridley's been that consistent 8, 9, 10. He's like the opposite of DJ Moore. Right. <laughs> DJ Moore's been 2, yes. 4, 4, and Complete Ridley's opposite. been like 10, 7, 9. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, uh, I like Kyle Pitts in the red zone. Yep. I'm going to take under because it's going to be 9. All right. I, I feel like that's what I've been saying for a lot. That's why Vegas makes such good odds, but I'm going to take the under because it's going to be 9. I'm going to say over. Okay. I think he's going to have multiple uh, 
two score games, okay. but I think the majority of those second scores are going to be like garbage time right. touchdowns. So just because they're going to be playing from behind, he'll get over nine and a half touchdowns. I'm, I'm I am over as well because I'm looking at it as nine is the under. <clears throat> I think he scores at least a touchdown in every other game. That's fair. Number I'm thinking. Thirteen. Oh, lucky number thirteen. That's kind of where I'm sitting for <laughs> That's Calvin. Bold. That is bold. I. That should have been my hot take. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Ridley, Ridley's Ridley's one of the few guys this year that I mean, he, there's probably seven of them in the wide receivers that w- could finish wide receiver one. That has like a legitimate shot without something crazy happening. You yeah. know, right? Um, where he can finish wide receiver one because he can, he will get. I mean, he had 143 targets last year. I I. I'd be surprised if he's under 130 this year. I mean, and right. I would be I would be more surprised if he was under 143 than if he was over 150. That's kind of where I got. I think he's going to command a ton of targets. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, he'll probably be about 100 receptions. Mm-hmm. Probably put him close to 1500 yards, mm-hmm. and right around that double digit touchdown mark. So I mean, he's got it. I mean, he's got the opportunity, and he's proven that he can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of comes down to how the rest of that offense is going to work. And the other thing I like about Ridley a lot, and I'll let you guys chip in in a second, is I don't trust this defense. I mean, even when they've said the Falcons have got a decent defense, I've never trusted the Falcons' defense. So they're going to be playing from behind and shoot us a lot. Yeah. So they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So do you guys have any last little tidbits on Calvin Ridley? Can we say that it's a big five now at the top of the wide receiver board instead of a big four? Oh, yeah. Devontae, Tyreek, Diggs. Who else he's thrown in there at six? Mike Thomas? Mike Thomas. That's fair. I'd say a big six. I got to go big seven because I got Keenan Allen. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. I got to go big seven if we're going to do that. But I I agree. I agree. I think, to be honest, Calvin Ridley and Michael Thomas are, I think, safer bets than Keenan Allen to have a higher ceiling. I just, I think, for me, all three of them are going to be right around the same, and I I just personally like Keenan Allen more. That's yeah. kind of what it comes I'm out. not going to argue with any of that. I think we all have them right in that same range, just in different orders. Yeah, I just to play a little devil's advocate, um, I wonder if Ridley will see an increase in like double coverages and stuff yeah. on defenses. Um, and it's not like the the infamous like Calvin Johnson goal line pick where he's got mm-hmm. like three defenders on yeah. him at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> It's going to be a, a man-to-man corner on him at all yeah, times. I mean, with a safety shadow or something like yep, that. Yep. I mean, because you look at the three other teams in the division. New Orleans, he's going to draw Marshawn Lattimore every game, and he'll sure. have a safety over the top there. Against Carolina, Dante Jackson, I think, is their top corner. Or, no, they just drafted J.C. Horn. So mm-hmm. they have one of those two guys on Calvin Ridley. If you put a rookie on him, that's a safety over the top, too. And then you play the Bucks. Um... And the Bucks have a fairly underrated secondary. They they don't really have a big name, like no. secondary. I mean, we all love Antoine Winfield and the whole like thing to Tyreek Hill. Still we my cover that. photo on Twitter. <laughs> still my cover photo still, on Twitter. That was a, the the greatest moment, right? But there's no big flashy name in that secondary. But they somehow shut down receivers. Yeah. So with six games against all those opponents across from him um it could be a little bit i could see you know really anything happening for ridley where he could go like 150 catches 100 and 1500 yards or whatever could also see a little closer like 1200 yards and like 100 receptions 110 receptions 
which is his floor of like wide receiver twelve, right? You know? Right, and it's just it's just a matter of how defenses play, yeah. but he will still be a top ten receiver. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Um, next is Russell Gage, who I had was one of my sleepers. He's a guy I really liked. Lucas, tell us a little bit about Russell Gage. Yeah, uh, finished as wide receiver thirty seven last year. He was working as that wide receiver two and a half while Julio was out. Uh, from week 12 on without Julio when Julio was out the rest of the year. Russell Gage was wide receiver 18, which, man, that's, uh, is good. I mean, and so I was I was going to crunch the numbers and see the games without Julio, how Russell Gage did, which Julio also missed weeks three and five. Russell Gage didn't do much then, but that I think that end of the season where they really started to find who they are without Julio Jones, Russell Gage is clearly a part of that. You know his ADP right now? Wide receiver 60. Really? Wide receiver 60. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I mean, when I've tried to take him, it's like round 13, 14. And, I mean, I'm, like, reaching on him at around 13. 14. Right, yeah, yeah, you're scrolling down at least two times before yeah. you get to Russell Gage. That's crazy. If his ceiling is a wide receiver 2, and you can draft him in the 13th round of your draft, money, cash money. Yeah. Cash money. cash money. If Cameron didn't choose Russell Gage as a sleeper uh, originally in our Instagram uh, at the FFLs, yes, uh, plugged it. He was going to be <laughs> one of my sleeper picks because I love Russell Gage this year. Um, I'm not going to go out and say he's going to be a wide receiver too. That's just talking nonsense. But clearly, clearly it's there. Kyle Pitts is going to have a role who I know we're going to talk about next. But man. Seeing how Russell Gage worked in that offense without Julio Jones, once they really started to nail that system down at the end of the year, wide receiver—that's twenty-three spots lower than where he finished last year. Do we really think there's twenty-three wide receivers that are going to outperform Russell Gage without Julio Jones? <laughs> I don't—I don't think so. I don't. So, impeccable value for Russell Gage. Great late round flyer. Can you imagine, real quick, your wide receiver four? Is Henry Ruggs, whose average draft position is? Let me verify this. <laughs> oh, he's got to be like forty-nine. Yeah, like low forties. Yeah, and then your wide receiver five and Russell Gage, who's like wide receiver sixty somewhere, yes. and knowing what roles they will have mm-hmm. in this season in their in the respective offenses, and you're getting them 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's nuts. then you gotta have great depth the rest of the, in other positions. That's the that's the other great thing. Um so we'll move on to Kyle Pitts, probably the most exciting offensive player to talk about. I think we're kind of at a consensus. Tell me if I'm wrong, maybe the most overdrafted. One of the oh, most overdrafted players. So here's here's why at least why I say it. Um we kinda talked about this a little bit. In I kinda talked to you guys right? yeah, in redraft. redraft. In redraft, I yeah. should say in Dynasty, like, I, I expect great things from Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. The best tight end rookie season since 2000 was Evan Ingram in 2017. So this is the best fantasy rookie season. He had 64 catches, 722 yards, and six touchdowns. That was good enough for tight end seven last year, Logan Thomas. This man's being taken in the fifth round right now. That's that's the scary thing. So even if he has the best tight end rookie season since 2000, he's good enough for maybe tight end six. I mean, the the year that he would have to have is going to be Justin Jefferson type, you know, to crack to start or not Justin Jefferson type. That sorry, 
My bad. <laughs> rewind. That's a rewind. Part of reach is I. maybe like a CD lamp more. You know, kind of like that kind of year. Oh sure. And yeah. but historically, rookie tight ends have struggled. Yeah. And so that's. I don't blame you if you want to take a shot on Kyle Pitts. I just, for me, I think the round. I mean, he's being taken what fifth round right now, maybe sixth. He's he going after Mark years. Andrews. I think he's yeah. He's closer six, to that seven. six seven. Yeah. Six seven. I still think that's too high. I think okay. Let me. I've been seeing him in early sixth, late fifth. That's where I. That's where at least that's where my thought process was. If you get a mid mid seventh, then maybe I could see that. If you're if you're feeling solid, three running backs, three wide receivers. You know that's kind of that's kind of my thought process behind it, because in that six through eight, there's so many good wide receivers still. Yeah, it's oh, so yeah. hard to pass up on those great wide receivers. So you get Robbie Anderson taking a Kyle oh. Pitts who might need a whole nother year. Yeah, to develop, but like we've talked about, the the opportunity is there, yes, and sir. you guys mentioned that about red zone targets. Do when you want to just expand on that a little bit more? I mean, I think that's why I have him at tight end six is because he's such a versatile and dynamic tight end where, like, yeah, he, he, he's defined as a tight end, but is it is it unreasonable to think he slots into where Julio is supposed to be in that offense? Yeah. And I'm not, that's not me saying he is going to be Julio Jones, but my point is they're going to treat him not just like a tight end. They're going to treat him like a wide receiver. They're going to look at to him as a big body in the red zone. They're going to take use him in the run game. I mean, Kyle Pitts is going to be utilizing that offense. He's far too talented. They wouldn't have taken him at four if they weren't ready to use him. That's and they're true. going to be a pass ha- pass happy offense. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's probably the, he's a tight end I'm most scared to draft, mm. but he's also the tight end I'm I'm probably most excited for. That yeah, isn't for sure. That isn't named Kelsey Kittle or Waller. Makes sense. Ty, any last thoughts on Kyle Pitts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lucas said it all. I all mean, right. redrafts, you don't reach for him because you, you, you want to think he can be the superstar tight end. He certainly can. He has the skill set for it. But like you said, historically, rookie tight ends struggle. I yeah. mean, Lucas learned this the hard way with TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. So, like, yep. nothing is guaranteed with mm-hmm. rookie tight ends. So just pump the brakes a little. Dynasty, go ahead. I mean, because Dynasty, Dynasty, I, is it is it too bold to say I think he should go like closer to the the Kelsey Kittle Waller range? Kelsey's thirty one and he's like third round, and Pitts is like fifth round. I could take Pitts yeah. in the. I think Pitts in the fifth. I'm, but that's just me with tight ends, though. You know, that's that, that's yeah. what, that's how I value tight ends. Yeah. I I, no, I could I could take Pitts in the fourth. I can see myself doing that if I'm like okay. There's get, so much talent I, in that fourth, though. That's like that's right. Keenan Allen's in the fourth of Dynasty, and I know he's 29, but it's like uh, it's, it's tough it's, to pass on some of those high volume wide receivers. It, it's back end fourth. Yeah. It's not mid or early fourth. It's yeah. back end of the well, fourth. and that comes to how I mean, do you predict how you predict he's going to just turn out after this year? You know, yeah. I mean, that's what you're drafting. You're drafting for the that's future at that point. Him. But if you're taking him to the fourth, that means you really think that he's going to be a Kelsey. You know, yeah. and, and that's tough. Uh, Ty, last little quick question. Hayden Hurst, does he have any use of fantasy this year as the backup tight end? Lucas says absolutely not. Don't make him the trendy tight end pick. I hear it all the time. <laughs> Don't do it. Tyler, give your answer. I just, oh. Yeah, no. I want I want to think because just giving Matt Ryan just more bigger bodies mm-hmm. to throw to because, I mean, Calvin Ridley is a is smaller frame. He's a smaller frame. Russell Gage, also a smaller frame. Russell so small. You yeah. can give 
Matt Ryan, Hayden Hurst, and Kyle Pitts as bigger guys to throw the ball to, bigger targets, but I... No. Yeah. If he couldn't get it done as why as tight end one in that offense last year, why do people think he can get it done as tight end two in that offense? For sure. Yeah. It doesn't Mike, make sense. Mike da- Mike Davis will take the targets yes. away from Absolutely. Hurst. So. All right. so we got we'll move on to the bu- actually we'll do well I'll ask you about the uh Falcons this year. Over under we'll say six and a half as well. Under. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't Thunder. think that defense improved enough. I'm going to take no. it as well. Right at six and a half. They're the tie with the Panthers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I will say real quick. If I get that, I'm going to be so happy. Now, uh, <laughs> there's another rookie running back with the Falcons, Javion Hawkins. Javion Hawkins. He is definitely worth a pick just because you don't know what that backfield is going to look like. So he could. Maybe Are you talking sp- redraft or dynasty? Or- oh, dynasties. Nice. The redraft, you got to wait until he pops up on waivers. But. Who knows what that backfield could look like if Arthur Smith wants to incorporate some passing into mm-hmm. the backfield because he never did that with Henry, but who knows? That could have been a Vrabel thing. So he's worth a look, at least in dynasties, just because he can maybe find a role in that offense. For sure. Can I clarify something, too, before we move on? Yes. I feel like we've been touching on dynasty a bit more in these previous two episodes. I just want to say I feel like we're doing this because we've had, in my mind, not only like are we – doing a dynasty startup but we've also had a lot of questions yes from people that involve dynasty too so hopefully we're doing this to shed some more light on um drafts from a dynasty perspective sure. too not just a redraft because mm-hmm. re- redrafts are the easiest to talk about um dynasty adds that other little element to it as Definitely. well so uh, maybe you're not in a dynasty you can feel free to listen or you know any, any ignore anything we say there but since we've gotten so many fan questions about dynasty leagues um we figured we want to mix that into our podcast a little bit more. For sure. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to go to the Bucks now. And we're going to actually start with the wide receivers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, man. Yes. Oh, man. And before we start with the wide receivers, I just want to say, in weeks 10 through 17 last year, the Bucks had three top 20 wide receivers on their roster. Through the go, Tom Brady. Weeks 10 through 17. <laughs> so, Lucas, I'm going to you start with Mike Evans. We'll go to Ty for Chris Godwin and then back to Lucas for Antonio Brown. So, Lucas, kick us off with Mike Evans. I want, for, before I even start, where do you both have Mike Evans ranked right now? Oh. Just before we started. So, before we started this episode, I had him at 13. And just as we started, I moved him back to 16. Oh, I don't know where I got him. Um, I just... Cam? I, just, I think you have him at, like, 18. I just, Correct me if I'm wrong. Though. 17. 17. Yeah, Kay. I'm not a huge Mike, Mike Evans believer, so that's... that's but cool. you have Godwin at 14. I do like Godwin. I'm just not a Mike Evans believer. So, we're talking Mike Evans. I am at wide receiver 17 as well, and... Um, to, to the ear, that's probably like, what the heck? 17, he's out of your top 15. He was wide receiver 11 last season, I understand that. But I'm here to tell you, I am delivering the news to you good people. <laughs> there is likely sizable regression coming for Mike Evans this year. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, where's tell our soundboard? People. Soundboard! <laughs> tell the people what they need to hear. Here we go. Mike Evans' 2020 stats with a little twist in here. From uh, I'll kind of narrate through. Mike Evans, 70 receptions last season. Third lowest of his career. 109 targets the lowest of his career just over 1,000 yards 1,006 yards to be exact it's the second lowest of his career 14.4 yards reception third lowest of his career lastly 13 touchdowns the highest of Mike Evans career now 
if I if I took out my little narrative of highest and lowest of careers, you you hear those numbers and you say, you know, Mike Evans had himself a nice little season and eh, probably worthy of of that top fifteen finish. Mm-hmm. However, when I look at those numbers, that's a disastrous combo of highs and lows for your career, because what those numbers tell me is that Mike Evans was one thousand percent touchdown dependent last season. <laughs> The highest touchdowns Mike Evans has ever had in his career is 12, okay? Let's take off one of those touchdowns and we'll say he meets his career average because he had that one game where, what, he had, like, two receptions for two yards and two touchdowns? Was that just this past year? Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll say he goes one reception, one yard, one touchdown. Mike Evans moves to wide receiver 15. He drops four spots with one touchdown. Oh. All of a sudden, he's a fringe top 15. Now, other thing. Mike Evans... uh, Hadn't hadn't had double-digit touchdowns since 2016. Had five touchdowns in 2017, eight touchdowns in 2018, eight touchdowns in 2019. So, we have Chris Godwin returning to health. We have AB in a full season with the Buccaneers. You still have Gronk there. OJ Howard. People just kind of forgot about OJ Howard with Gronk coming on the scene last year. He's a nice red zone target. I think Mike Evans sees 10 touchdowns at most this season. And, I, and that might sound crazy after he had 13 last year, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Mike finishes, Mike Evans finishes with below 10 touchdowns this year. So if he had even 10 touchdowns last season, that would put him at wide receiver 18, which is about right where I have him. <laughs> wide receiver 17. And that's with like Adam Thielen in that range, Deontay Johnson, CeeDee Lamb. And honestly, there's some of those guys I still might prefer more than Mike Evans in Kenny that Galladay. Range. Kenny Galladay's in that range. He, Kenny Galladay's like going as like wide receiver twenty four. Here's the other thing: Mike Evans is going as wide receiver thirteen right now in drafts. He's being far overdrafted. So, the good people of fantasy football, I bring you the news that Mike Evans. Sorry, he uh, he's not cracking the top fifteen this year. Last stat of Mike Evans before we transition to Chris Godwin: seven games with three receptions or less last year. <sighs> That's so yeah. bad. Yeah. You top. can't draft him as a borderline wide receiver one. That's rough. All right, Ty, give us the good news on Chris Godwin, my wide receiver 14, baby. Woo! This is good news. This is redeeming news. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Godwin, you're my favorite. Look, so Chris Godwin played in 12 games last year. He's always had a nagging injury with him, in the, at least the last couple of years, as a Godwin owner, fantasy owner. Not going to go down that road. That, fantasy, that, fantasy, fantasy owner. Fantasy owner. <laughs> um. He's had nagging injuries. For so sure. 12 games last year. He averaged seven targets, five catches, and 70 yards. Which, you put that together in a fantasy score, that's 12 points a week. That's pretty solid. You add in a score. He's averaging 18 points a week. Now, he's not going to put up double-digit touchdowns. He's mainly used to get up the field. <laughs> Evans was really kind of a uh, deep red zone target or a uh, down-the-field kind of target. So they used Godwin and, and Gronk in the run game to kind of get up the field. Not even Gronk, really. It was a run game in Godwin. Every once in a while, you'll see Evans. That's how they got up the field. So, with Godwin, he's going to give, he's going to get targets more so than probably Mike Evans will. He's got good enough hands. He'll get catches. Brady said they're the best hands he ever played with. Yeah. Bingo. And, yes, the touchdowns will be in limited supply, but
but I think the way between I let's let's name them all: Fournette, Jones, uh, Gronk, Brown, Evans, and Godwin. I don't think there's going to be a clear like leads the team in touchdowns guy. Yeah. I think they're all going to be right around a six, seven ish, eight ish range. So let's that's roughly a little less than half of the games. That puts Godwin straight into high-end wide receiver two, fringe wide receiver one territory. Obviously, I mean, with Brady complimenting Godwin as he did, I I don't see I, – I, let me find my words. <laughs> <laughs> there's, li- yeah, there's little to no doubt in my mind that Godwin is the preferred target for Brady for in sure. that offense. For sure. All right. Uh, my only thing on Chris Godwin is he had two or is he had three games last year under double digits. Two of them were coming back off the game first game back off the injury. Limited well, had, wasn't it broken fingers or something? Yeah, yeah. So he's pretty much double digits every game. You know, every game. So great, great player. Fifteen point nine points per game last year. We'll go to Antonio Brown, who I was surprised to learn averaged fifteen points per game yeah. last season. Thirty-two years old this year. I don't care. Lucas, <laughs> I don't care. Give us the Antonio Brown news. What or a projection that you have for him this season? I bring you the good news of Antonio. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that after all the legal issues he's got. <laughs> we don't. We don't associate with. We don't, we don't condone. <laughs> we don't condone those actions. Yes. However, this is where things are about to get a little spicy. Things will get pretty heated here. So remember how I said, you know, the episode is going to get hot here. Now's the time. So, I have Antonio Brown wide receiver 42, and I'm far too low on Antonio Brown. I need to fix my rankings. And I'm going to tell you why. Convince me, Lucas. Convince me why I'm too low on him. So, and uh, we'll, we'll exclude his 2020 finish in wide receiver 65 in eight games. That's fine. I got him at 31. See? I'm going to move him up there after <laughs> wow. this. I'm gonna wow. Move, I'm going to. Cameron, Ooh. you are not crazy. I'm going to. All right. Make sure I'm not wow. crazy. He had 45 receptions last season. It's only 25 less than Mike Evans, and he played half the games as Mike Evans. Oh, okay. That's not good. No. If you're Mike Evans, that's not good. For Antonio <laughs> Brown, that's that's 90 receptions, okay? That's 20 more than Mike Evans would have finished with. He had four TDs, so if you stretch out over 16 games, would have seen a touchdown every other game, so about eight touchdowns. You average those numbers going into a full season. You want to know where Antonio Brown would have finished? Five spots behind Mike Evans at wide receiver 16. He was averaging 15 points a game, like Cameron said. He is going as wide receiver 46 right now. Now, if I were Tyler, and I got to make a hot take every week, here's what mine would have been. Oh, no. I would have said that AB will be the highest scoring wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, my wow. gosh. Wow. That's what I would have said. Wow. No I don't care that he's 32. Those numbers tell me AB has still got it. He's got the chemistry with Tom Brady. <laughs> and you can get potentially, potentially, the highest scoring wide receiver on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season in the ninth or 10th round of your fantasy draft. Hey, you got aloe, bro? Wow. <laughs> I need some. That's like a grease fire. <laughs> bro. Let's focus on the numbers, people, not the narrative. Oh, I understand. Like, I understand being pro Antonio Brown. 
I'm like, just saying. Brady literally snatched him up off the street and was like, come live in my house, start working out, and he came and put. Antonio Brown's going to have cornerback, poor cornerback threes on him. <laughs> What where you they're gonna they're gonna have Cam Dantzler on him. <laughs> where are you ranking Antonio Brown at then? Like where do you think he's gonna finish? Where if he's... realistic okay, if we're being realistic and I'm not like going absurdly hot take here. Okay, like, but, it, but on that absurdly hot take, how high would he be? Like would, high... would it mean that Godwin and Evans finished low or are, I, you, are you saying like I would put I would put Mike Evans at nineteen, I would put Godwin at like seventeen, and A B would probably be like somewhere between fourteen and sixteen. So I think I mean it, it's seriously realistic that that we could have three top twenty wide receivers like you said in the Tampa Bay offense. I, that's not out of the realm of possibility. We need to focus on numbers and not this narrative of there's too many mouths to feed in Tampa. And we'll get to Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady's got the numbers to prove it. Yeah, he does. That's so the problem. That <laughs> I I look I, I I like to think I didn't just kill our credibility, but I I am passionate that Antonio Brown still has it even at 32 years old. Well. Quarterback threes. All right. Well, let me give you the. Dancer at the slot. (laughs) Going to die. Die. That's nine targets, nine receptions, 125 yards, and a tutty. Stop. He's already dead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That Antonio Brown segment went on way too long, but I feel passionate. Well, let me give you the Tom Brady stats to show. Do it. You take you take away Tom Brady. So last year he had. I don't know why I have how many completions he had. Who cares? He had four. <laughs> four <laughs> he had four hundred one, which makes feeling better. He could have three one hundred yard or one hundred reception receivers, yeah. and still have a hundred receptions left over. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, that wasn't even the highest of his career. And he had forty six hundred yards, forty touchdowns, and twelve interceptions. So the the thing on the Bruce Arians offense is it takes a year, right? That's that's what we've all heard. Is it takes a year to get acclimated. Well, for Tom Brady, it took half a year because he's the goat. <laughs> the goat. The goat. <laughs> From weeks ten to seventeen, he averaged twenty four point three six fantasy points per game, and averaged three passing touchdowns a game. <laughs> that's that's one a piece if you ask me. He's playing to forty five, baby. He's playing to forty five, oh. which means his trainer thinks he's going to be as good as last year, physically. So if he's as good as last year and keeps up weeks 10 to 17, the dude is about to be on pace for 51 touchdowns. Oh, hey, my. Yes. I'm sorry, but like Tom Brady can support it. I don't know if I don't know if Antonio Brown's going to do it, but Tom Brady can support it. If anybody can out here, it is Tom Brady in his offense. Well, and Arians will give him the ball to do it. I mean, Tyler, how many how many starters on offense and defense do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have returning this year. Do you know? All of them. All of them. <laughs> all, all, of them. all 22. Oh so there's going to be some continuity. Like, th- this is this offense is going to go, we hit the Super Bowl, and then we're, we're just going to keep going, you know? Like, it's not like we hit the Super Bowl and we see regression. Like, this is Tom Brady's Mike offense. Mike Evans will see regression. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just Mike Evans. Just Mike Evans. I mean, that's just crazy. Wow, so, I mean, he could do it. I mean, they could have three top twenty wide receivers. I don't know if I believe it, but I'm feeling better about having Antonio Brown at wide receiver thirty one. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I got him. I will say, I hope I made you feel good where, about that. Where, where do you guys have Tom Brady ranked right now? Quarterback eight. Ty, where do you got him? Quarterback nine. Well, that's oh, no, I have hold on. 
I have him at nine, but I'm going to move him up to eight. Because I have Deshaun Watson at eight, and that needs a change. I have him at quarterback six. That's what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> Tom Brady is going to be pushing 5,000 yards this year with 45 touchdowns. Oh, I guarantee it. It is going to be Aaron Rodgers of last year numbers. It's going to be ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. And you know he already always sneaks in three rushing touchdowns. Somehow. He's Tom Brady. He gets three rushing touchdowns. He'll be 44 and getting three rushing. I mean, he, I mean, he'll have four rushing yards in the season, but he'll get three rushing touchdowns. I don't, yeah. <laughs> QB sneaks, baby. And so, I don't know. That's that's my Tom Brady. I love him. I just hope he doesn't win another Super Bowl because I want the Vikings to. But. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> if it ain't the, the Vikings, it better be Brady in my book. Oh, no. And, and, I'm sorry. Caught it. <laughs> Now I'm we're going to get canceled. You thought Antonio <laughs> Brown was going to get canceled. You just wanted Brady to get eight. No, you can you can come fight me on Twitter at, at Lucas One. So you right. can come right at me there. Uh, take it off the podcast. These fellows have nothing to do with me. All right. <laughs> Let's just do – I'm going to ask real quick before I jump into this because I want to make sure that it's okay that I do this, and then we'll kind of talk about these two running backs. Are they anything more than a flex option at best? Who? I'm drafting that Fournette and Jones. Oh, I'm drafting them as my running back threes, and I'm going to have a better flex before that. So I'm drafting a wide receiver at my flex right. at best. All right, same for you. Same as me. All right, so Ronald Jones last year averaged 13.3 points a game, good enough for RB20. Yep. Lauren and Fournette only had 10 points per game in three games last season. He only averaged over. He's only averaged over four rush yards an attempt once in his career. Ronald Jones, on the other hand, had 5.1 yards per attempt on only 194 rushes last year. Oh. I know, Ty, you talked about this, but is there a chance that Ronald Jones completely takes over this backfield? Absolutely. There's always a chance. <laughs> Do you think it happens? What, what, what is your percent chance that he completely takes it over and finishes an R- as RB20 or better? Or better. Or oh better. Because oh. he finished RB20 last year. So if he that's that's what I'm thinking. If he takes over this backfield and is the only guy there that means anything, you I would assume he finishes better than he did last year. That would be my guess. So what is what is the percent chance out of hundred that that happens? So both both have to be so yes. it has to be he takes, takes over, over and finishes higher than yes. twenty. Okay. What's your percent chance? Thirty five. Thirty five? Forty five. I'm going I'm going 50. I'm saying it's a flip of the coin. I just think I think we have Leonard Fournette, like we were saying before, just so hyped up in our brains. I mean, it's like I fell for it with Sony Michelle two years ago. You see these guys <laughs> in the playoffs, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're amazing. Yep. But it's playoff football is different than regular season football. Well, in, in here, and I touched on it earlier, Ronald Jones got hurt in the last regular season game of the year. Mm-hmm. He had to sit out the game. Against Washington. Yeah. Why would they not give Fournette the ball? And when Fournette did something, like he did against Washington, and with a then questionable Ronald Jones Mm -hmm. in the second game, in the divisional round of the playoffs, you're not going to risk injuring Ronald Jones when you can have – you're not going to risk injuring a running back when you can have two solid running backs going deeper into the playoffs. Yeah. And by that point – Fournette was just on a hot streak, so you're not going to take Fournette out to put in a, you know, recovering running back in his place. Mm-hmm. 
now that they're both going to be back fully healthy, there's re- Bruce Arians literally said, Ronald Jones is still our guy. No one believed him at first. Mm-hmm. He still played Ronald Jones, and Jones finished his running back 20. Yeah. Lucas, got anything else to add? Uh, I was going to try and make the counterpoint for Fournette and see if he was more involved in the passing game. Fournette had 47 targets. Jones had 42 targets. Not enough of a difference, really. Uh, look, I don't want either of them. I don't. I don't want the headache. I, no, I, I mean, I agree. It's I a think, good point. I, yeah. think we, I think we make this very clear in our podcast. We are anti-running back committee. Yeah. Anti-running back committee, and that's what this just smells like. So I don't want either, but if you're going to put a gun to my head and make me choose one, I'm going to choose Ronald Jones. All right. And we'll finish up with the tight ends. We got Rob Gronkowski and O.J. Howard. Gronkowski finished as tight end nine last year, 9.3 points per game. I'm worried about a tight end committee in uh, yes. the Bucks. Does Gronk finish the top 12 tight end this year? I think he finishes somewhere between 12 and 16. All right. Yeah, no, but I th- I can see him, but I don't think he will. He w- If he does, it's because he's going to have, like, what, eight, nine yeah. touchdowns again. He had seven last year. Yeah. And that was his first year back from his little retirement getaway thing. So mm-hmm. I think if he finishes top 12, it's more so just because of touchdowns, touchdowns. at that point. Right. That makes sense for sure. All right. Well, that wraps up our tour through the NFC South. As next week, we will continue with the AFC West. AFC West. The, the last ex- two divisions. Explosive AFC West. Um, fellas, anything else? Actually, almost forgot. Over, under on the Buccaneers. 12 oh. and a half wins. Over. I'm... It, it, Twelve and a half. Yep. So you got That's 17. seventeen games. Yep. So. yep. so you get five losses would be twelve games. So do you think Brady loses five five times in the regular season? <laughs> no. Oh, over thirteen uh, and four. I'm over as well because I think they're going to go six and zero oh and walk through this division. Yeah. And yeah. So they only need yeah they only need another six and a half well seven and a half wins after that. They have an outside of their uh, their uh, their division. Yep. I mean I guess their schedule in total. Their top five easiest schedule in the NFL oh, this year. So, Brady losing f- five games in the top five easiest schedule is tough to come by. Which he will have a bad game or two. He will. He's Always not does. perfect. Well, he's close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Lucas, before we end, can you once again give us these social media handles that me and Tyler refuse to remember? <laughs> I don't think we refuse. I don't think we refuse. <laughs> I will. I'm just so good. <laughs> I'm just so good at it. FF Fellas on Twitter. The FF Fellas on Instagram. Fantasy Football Fellas. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. There you go. With that, deuces, and we will see you next week. Deuces. Deuces. Thanks again for tuning into the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast today. 
Make sure to subscribe so you get notifications of all of our weekly podcasts now on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, make sure to subscribe, turn on those notifications. You can do the same for our social media, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram. Hey, we're on YouTube if you want to see us uh, video record these podcasts. Fantasy Football Fellas there. Uh, same thing on Facebook and TikTok, Fantasy Football Fellas. If you want even more insights to any of our rankings, uh, head on over to FantasyFootballFellas.com. I uh, got all sorts of rankings there. You can see our first mock draft that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, all sorts of different exciting content there we have for you as well. Three Stooges, just being dudes. Deuces.